You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. We are all aware that overuse of alcohol can lead to many negative health outcomes. Can a more moderate intake of alcohol lead to positive health benefits? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host. And with me today is Dr. Curtis Ellison, Professor of Medicine and Public Health at Boston University School of Medicine in Boston. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Ellison. Thank you. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the cardiovascular benefits of moderate alcohol consumption. Doctor, if we need to make a few general points to our patients about alcohol intake, are there some things you would stress about uh, amount and pattern of drinking? I think the key is that people should not drink more than they can tolerate, and that varies tremendously. Some people can tolerate very little. Other people can tolerate more. But the data suggests very strongly that it doesn't take very much if it's done on a regular pattern, if it's done regularly every day or almost every day uh, to get the health benefits of moderate drinking. So the best way to do it is a moderate amount and to do it on a regular basis. I think you've said some studies suggest every day would be the best way to do it. The data uh, for uh, heart disease, for cardiovascular disease, for obesity, and many things show that the people who state that they drink essentially every day have the healthiest patterns of risk factors and disease than those. Now, there are many other things. People who drink, uh, particularly who have wine with their dinner every night, may have other changes uh, in their lifestyle that go along with that. So this is always a problem. But at least we can see that the data are very clear that more frequent consumption of small amounts is by far the healthiest uh, a pattern of drinking. Many of us are aware that there's a lot of data suggesting a beneficial effect of moderate alcohol intake on ischemic heart disease. Are there other types of cardiovascular problems that also might benefit from this type of intake? The most feared disease is probably stroke, and about 80% of strokes in the United States are ischemic-type strokes, are thrombotic rather than hemorrhage now. And for the ischemic strokes, we have essentially the same protection from moderate drinking as we do for coronary heart disease. Most of the scientific studies suggest about a 20-30% reduced risk of ischemic stroke for individuals who state that they consume small amounts of alcohol in comparison with what we think are about the same person who has the same weight, has the same smoking habits, same obesity, and so forth, but does not consume alcohol. That's always a problem with epidemiology because you're not comparing alcohol and stroke. You're comparing alcohol consumption by individuals who have stroke. Mm -hmm. And it's always very, very difficult to work out all of the potential confounders. But the data are quite clear now that moderate drinkers tend to have uh, lower ischemic strokes than individuals who do not drink at all. And so these are not prospective randomized trials. This is looking at people who have had strokes matching No, these them. are prospective studies. Oh, they are? Okay, These I'm are sorry. studies uh, of following populations. So that's always a problem if, after you've had the stroke. If you ask someone, you know, did you drink when you were 20, 30, 40, and 50 before you had the stroke, that, that's always a problem. These are all prospective studies. Ah, okay. Framingham uh, uh, has been following subjects since 1948. Sure. Many other studies, in, in particular in Europe, uh, uh, the nurses' health study has now been following in, uh, nurses for, oh, 30 years, essentially. Uh, they all have shown that the ischemic stroke is uh, less common among the moderate drinkers than among the non-drinkers. 
The hemorrhagic stroke, which uh, back when I was in medical school in the uh, 50s was very, very common, is, is much less common now, thank goodness. But the latest data suggests that if you're only having a small amount of alcohol, drink or two a day, you're not increasing your risk of hemorrhagic stroke either. The best data on this was from the study by Klatsky and his colleagues in Kaiser Permanente in California, where they found out that there was an increase in hemorrhagic stroke only among the people who were consuming more than five drinks a day, mm-hmm. and uh, many other evil effects of, <laughs> right. of such, uh, high levels so of alcohol, much. but uh, yeah. uh, stroke was one of the things. But they did not see an increase for people who are drinking uh, responsibly and moderately and regularly of a drink or two a day. Very consistent prospective data yes. about ischemic stroke and no increased risk with moderate drinking for hemorrhagic stroke. Uh, I should say that studies in Japan sometimes suggest that that even moderate drinking increases hemorrhagic stroke. But when they consider moderate drinking, they're talking about two to five drinks a day. So mm-hmm. it's pretty high for their moderate drinking. Absolutely. And then how about congestive heart failure? Is there any benefit there? This was a, a surprise because we have always assumed that alcohol... We worry about alcoholic cardiomyopathy, and this does occur, and it's a terrible problem in alcoholics. We said, well, if an alcoholic gets cardiomyopathy, then we should be very careful about giving any alcohol to a person who has any types of cardiomyopathy leading to congestive heart failure. Mm -hmm. The surprising thing was that when they began to look at these prospective studies, uh, and there have been three or four that have shown the same thing, that the moderate drinkers end up living longer, uh, having uh, less reduction in their ejection fraction, uh, and have fewer cardiovascular events. Hmm. So it looks like as long as it's moderate, it is not increasing the risk of progression of congestive heart failure, but actually may be having some beneficial effects. I see some writing about atrial fibrillation in alcohol. What's the relationship there? Well, we, we all remember studying uh, atrial fibrillation as part of a holiday heart of right. people who get abuse, alcohol, and acute effect. We have studied the occurrence of atrial fibrillation relating to the usual intake, not to the acute intake of excessive amounts of alcohol, and we have found no increase. There have been about three studies, uh, one from Framingham, some from California, that atrial fibrillation seems to be slightly high in people who consume more than four or five drinks per day, mm-hmm. but not there's no effect on, on lesser amounts of alcohol. So I think that atrial fibrillation uh, is something that we worry about in abusers. It is not something that we're going to have uh, to consider uh, being at increased risk among people who consume alcohol moderately. Most of these patients, or at least many of them, will be on Coumadin, on warfarin. Is that a concern? This, again, was a surprise to me when I saw the papers from Mass General and, and now two others showing that when they follow the people for problems, people who are on Coumadin, for problems of bleeding, they found no increase, no effect whatsoever if they were a moderate drinker versus being an abstainer. So evidently the protective effects uh, on coagulation from alcohol uh, do not interfere with the protective effects of uh, warfarin. And again, definitely moderate. We don't want them getting drunk and falling, and that's a separate issue. That's right. Peripheral arterial disease, uh, if it helps with coronary, does it have any effect in the, and and stroke, does it have any effect in the periphery? The data are are less convincing there. In Framingham, we found that there was about a 20% lower risk 
of intermittent claudication in patients who consume small amounts of alcohol or moderate amounts of alcohol in, in comparison with similar patients who did not drink at all. At higher levels, you do not see much of an effect, but we are looking at the what we define as a moderate drinker, a drinker two a day, and there seems to be about a 20% reduction in their risk of peripheral vascular disease as well. So a, a lot of beneficial effects in addition to the most common ischemic coronary heart disease. Stroke, heart failure seems to be beneficial, maybe peripheral arterial disease, and we don't have to... Uh, we don't have to worry with uh, moderate intake in our atrial fibrillation patients. That is correct. So that, that is what the data suggested this time. Any other words of wisdom about moderate drinking in the cardiovascular? Well, I, I hate to advise people to drink for their health. I think that uh, I'm someone who discovered alcohol as he got older. I was from a family of teetotalers. Uh But I began to have a little wine with dinner when I lived in California a number of years ago and have continued that. And I drink not for my health because I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I like the effects, but particularly I like the way it enhances food. So I'm mainly a wine drinker. And I think that doctors must realize that some people do not want to drink or or should not drink, uh, and we should not be prescribing alcohol. But I think at the same time, we have to be very careful not to withhold uh, important information, that if you decide that you want to have a little bit of wine or something with your meal, that you're not doing yourself harm, and you may be actually protecting yourself against many of these problems of aging. And I found it interesting in the uh, article that I read that you authored, uh, in terms of public education, you might fear that, oh, it's going to lead to a lot of a lot of people starting to drink or more excessive drinking, but tell us what happened in Chile. <laughs> well, well physicians, you know, one of the Hippocratic oaths that I do no harm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can be a harm of commission, something we do, or omission, something that we fail to do. Mm-hmm. And if you have an elderly person who is smoking like a fiend and you do not focus on trying to get that person to cut down or stop his smoking, I think that's a, an error of omission. Well, you should have advised him. And I think the same thing about uh, um, encouraging moderate drinking We now believe that the data suggests it should be considered a part of a healthy lifestyle. There are a lot of people who don't like alcohol. We are a temperance country in the United States, and we worry about encouraging any alcohol or anything to do with alcohol. It immediately has a knee-jerk reaction. Just say no and stay away from it. But it was interesting that in, in Chile they did a large campaign telling people about the health aspects of moderate drinking and the uh, adverse effects of, of heavy drinking. And after uh, several years of this uh, national campaign, they checked to see what the drinking habits were for the people in Chile. And they found that the total intake of alcohol was unchanged. What happened, however, that people were drinking more frequently and with meals and smaller amounts. So they end up drinking the same amount, but they're spreading it out. And that seems to be by far the the healthiest uh, approach that we should be encouraging. I would like to thank Dr. Curtis Allison, who has been our guest as we've been discussing some of the positive effects of moderate alcohol consumption, particularly in regard to cardiovascular health. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.